Hello everybody, welcome back to part two of our episode of the classic, sorry, the Headspace podcast, getting myself all mixed up, uh, for JPEG Mafia's album, All My Heroes Are Cornballs. So to catch you up to speed, we talked about eight of the tracks already, and we have the remaining nine through tracks 18 to discuss on this JPEG Mafia experience. We already went through our whole intro bit in part one, and we highly recommend you check out part one. Or if you care more about hearing us talk about the whole second half of the album, and that's where all your favorite songs are, you're in for a treat. I'm this sorry. is the video for you. I'm, I'm just gonna hold My on. name is Holden <laughs> Stefan Roy. My name is Chris Krobe, and I just want to point out, I feel like you're trying so hard not what to... What am I trying to do? Trying not to swear within the first three minutes. Oh, I completely, completely forgot. Completely... No, honestly, I'd forgotten oh, okay. all about that. I can... I'm just into <laughs> being really weird at the beginning of the episode. I feel like it's a filtering mechanism. Either this interests you, and you're like, I could listen to this guy talk, or you're not, and then you know it, you're gone. Um, I understand how my personality comes out, but there's one thing I can tell you. I like me a fun BBW. Saying a fun BBW, that's a good time. That's all I'm trying to say. Y'all know what I mean. Doesn't matter what you admit to your friends. You can tell Holden on the internet what's up. We can be honest with each other here. Um, everybody likes it. Not everybody admits it. Everybody likes it. Um, what do you think about this song, Mr. Christopher? I don't even know if you introduced yourself. I was being weird. Yeah, I said Chris Corona. I'm here. Um, this the song kind of... I didn't catch much from it. Um, it was okay. All right. Thank you. I, Very insightful. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm coming back to it. I'm trying to just remember. We, we took a bigger break than anticipated between part ones and two. But I don't think I I don't think I understood what this song was actually about. It seems to you know who Brian Wilson is. Uh, I do now. I do now know. No, but like in in general. No, no, I didn't know until this song. I think it's Polyphonic who really has good music videos. If you're like into more of that theory and kind of slash biographic slash why a person's great type videos, and somebody or another broke down a video on the the genius of the compositional nature of Brian Wilson, where he would he would not necessarily compose with the way most people would, but still bang on some excellent music. Right. I mean, honestly. Who doesn't like the Beach Boys? You might not be like your favorite thing, but a Beach Boys song comes on and you just you just kind of move a little bit to it. You can't help but recognize the, the vibes and the talent of what came off of that. So in a sense, the obscurity, but the masterful compositional skill by uh, calling himself the Black Brian Wilson, in a sense, it's comparing himself in a, in a more braggadocious sense um, to a legendary creative mind. And I think that's funny because it's also Big Beautiful Women, which is funny just because of how he plays up on that title and calls it BBW. I can tell you one thing. Bonnie was very curious what this song was about. Am I saying anything about Bonnie? Nope. But I am saying she was very curious what this song was about. And then I said Brian Wilson. And then she's like, oh, that's less interesting. But in the beginning, it does sound like he's he's having some intercourse and he's breathing kind of heavy, like you know, it just sounds like it. And then some girls kind of talking, and so I, I would I would be really concerned because the way that the girls talk, it doesn't sound like she's huffing and puffing either. No, but he's huffing and puffing. I mean, right? So it's like it's like so. There's one of two ways: either you're not 
doing it right so she can nah, have a he, convo. he's doing it right. Or are you, like, smashing some next thing while there's, no, like, no, one no. there? No, no, no. I just pictured it like this was meant to allude to, like, he's having a moment with her. Or mm. maybe... I don't know about you, but I can have a full-blown, regular-ass conversation in the middle of huffing and puffing away, because I'm a fucking weirdo like that. Yes. So, like, I mean, I'm talking, like, basic-ass, but other people might not like this sometimes. I've learned that, shut up, is, is something that has entered the sexual lexicon of my life. Um, but... Do it. I'm, I'm not i'm not your average dude dude i'm just not because you know I'm, i'll be in the middle of it and then I'll, I'll have a thought like y'all have seen me have thoughts right and then i go off on these little tangents like listen just because i'm doing it i can fucking doesn't oh mean, my god doesn't mean i'm also not thinking about some other <laughs> thing at the same time What's it's the an effect schedule for next week or like it's an effective way to also not finish a little early is to yeah 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 but then you get i get sometimes a little too lost in that and then you want to talk and you don't you guys are probably a little bit more like you're a fucking weirdo holden yeah that's why I'm like, i just came up with the greatest podcast idea i mean like on the real though if i wasn't a weirdo the ones that like me that watch the show wouldn't be watching so we roll with that we roll with that either <laughs> way Rap in prison. I know these basement dwellers need a villain, which plays up on that Bane comment from the right. last episode. So maybe Chris is right. Chris has been like killing it this podcast, trumping me left, right, and center. How you living? Is young Peggy without no pot to piss in? So, what's fun fact about having a pot to piss in? I actually know where that expression comes from because I looked it up. Please and do lighten. In the Great Depression, pot, um, if you were like real, real poor, right? One of like the bootleg ways you could make money, if you had a pot was to piss into the pot and then the people who do the leather thing would use your pee to tan the skin and create leather so you could literally sell your pee pee if you had the pot to pee in so the dirtiest of the dirt poor were so poor that they didn't even have a pot that they could piss in and this is not fake guys you can google this for real but that they didn't have a pot to piss in, that was like, you were that poor. Because, I mean, if you have a pot, it's a couple of little coins there and maybe right, get some bread. opportunity, okay. I thought that was amazing. So, <clears throat> he's pointing out that he's coming in and he's not rich. He's a heartthrob. We pack pistols, we make your heart stop. Right. Which is a cool idea, right? Because a heartthrob is typically somebody who breaks hearts. But in this case, he breaks hearts in a literal way with lead. I don't know. I thought I came in with this nice flow, man. Still can't believe I'm getting paid off this art today. Damn, Peggy. I like that damn Peggy sample thing. But it's cool that he has his energy and it's like, he. Do, it doesn't feel like he's trying to like throw it down your face that he's better than you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like he's bamboozled that it's happening and that it worked. And it's like encouraging. I do work on a stage. I still feel like a fan. When I pass, I hope everything I did mattered to you, baby. If it didn't, fuck it. When my body frigid, all this music gonna keep Peggy living. And again, I love the idea of how he foresees this musical endeavor as a way to immortalize himself. Because I recognize what he's doing there. Like, let's be real. Our generation of millennials wants to be remembered forever because everybody told us we were special. So we all have this condition where we want to achieve something like personally everything i do in my life is on my one like step closer to a wiki page like if i got a wiki page i made it that's that's to me a real like measure of success in my life like cool enough to have a wiki page i'm not yet and i know that but one day it's coming boys and girls 
gonna get my wiki page you get your wiki page holden but in a sense if i died today like i said man there's like enough on this channel just to make ai robots of us and that's right. that's nifty to me like in a sense even long after i'm gone there's people who are gonna be able to kind of know who i am and you too and you know but i mean isn't isn't that cool so what's 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 cool about it is that if it What's cool about it to me is that we are part of history now. Yeah. But it, what it, what's not cool is that it's not everybody. But you know what's just on like that note. Is, I mean, it is anybody every, could do it, and that's and I, no. Not, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anybody can do it. You can always start doing X, Y, Z creatively. But what I'm saying is, is like, just because you do something creatively doesn't mean you pop. Doesn't mean you make it to legend just, status. Doesn't mean yeah, you make but, it to memorable status. But that, I think that's the point. Is the point to me isn't if I make it. Let's make it. We've had almost 300,000 clicks on a channel. That's pretty cool to me. 300,000 right. fucking times somebody's clicked on content. Right. That's amazing. But, but on the other hand, the more like interesting way to look at it is let's say you're let's say you got a girl preggy today right and i got a girl preggy today right and then they had little babies right and then that's we have great grandchildren one day right but tomorrow the day after those babies are born we get capped right those kids can see who we were literally but and that's my point that's amazing but we only but that is only for a selected few but it's not that's for any well when i say well, a yes when because if you if you don't make music if you don't become something that requires a biography or a documentary or about you but or that's whatever the thing it is. about today is like that's vlogging they're just people but if you but that's what i'm saying if you don't do this but like if you don't vlog then all you really have is your memory book okay. between your family or but what i mean is. is more to the point you're saying it's for a select few because only so many people end up doing this i'm saying that's a garbage argument because in this day and age, pretty much anybody can choose to do this. And right. Just because people choose not to doesn't make the people who do it select. Those are just the opportunists who cared about documenting who they were. You know, like mm -hmm. who who can't do this? Like honestly. No, I agree. It's always possible for everyone. And to I'm, do this. I, just because you might be out there questioning it, like you don't need good video quality. Like you don't. It's it's a fabrication. You don't. At least to start. You, you need, like, you can get by on the most bootleg crap today and put out initial content and start your journey. And then because you're passionately invested in your journey, you'll find the next step and whatnot. It's not like the first video we made had this set up. We used to be on a couch sharing one mic and Chris would outpower everybody on every freaking recording. That's true. We used to have a guy who was a little bit on the larger end who could not stand sitting at the edge of the couch because it was awful to be on the couch and everyone hated sitting at the edge of the couch upright like this and everybody's grateful for chairs now but it's not like we had chairs when we started so like my whole point is it doesn't really matter where you're at if you really push it and you have that zeal you can get there and i think that's what really i like about him you know rather grow out the martyr waste i agree man i'd rather go out the martyr way and to be a little pleb, something interesting I've been thinking about. You guys might find it boring. This is the kind of shit I think about during sex. The middle class. So, basically, um, 
the the lower class and the ri- the upper class have a lot in common. They're both really about distinction. Right. Got to stand out. The the, up, the ri- upper class because they're bored and they can do what they want, and the lower class because the only way to get the fuck out is to be distinct. The middle class is all about conformity and boringness. Right. So in a sense, a lot of the music industry is the middle class. It's everything you're supposed to be. And it's kind of lame to me. And I think it's lame because I come from the lower class, like the welfare type shit. And now I'm up in the middle class and oi go vault. The middle class sucks. Like everybody's boring. Not everybody, of course. And I like a lot of people and blah, blah, blah. But like the lack of people who actually want to get to the upper class is bamboozling to me the amount of infighting in the middle class bamboozling everybody's silly you know anyway i'd rather go with the martyr way because it's just more interesting to stand up you know to make art that could maybe get myself paid off to have a mind that i refine in such a way where i can define concepts and maybe try to explain things or i don't know this what we do here i didn't expect to be a podcaster we're not even on podcast networks yet that's coming but like look at like life is just weird i don't know how i got on this tangent see this is the jpeg mafia effect on this review but it's it's There's all just, of that being said it comes down to just where i feel like he using that line rather go out as the martyr way he's defining just you should you should do everything to leave an imprint you which shouldn't I, just let life go but that's out. how i appreciate that's how i try to live right like right. and it's not often uh, one of my biggest problems dealing with people is the fact that i actually believe that too but not everybody does anyway i like how he goes to the black brian wilson smile at these crackers who want me dead uh, and I like how he uses crackers. There's something about like a rapper willing to use that word that I respect because, you know, some people's crackers, especially like not all honkies, but if the cracker is the whip cracker or the slave, that's where the term comes from. And you look at the, the, the music industry, top tier executives treating their artists almost like slaves in some regards. I think it's an interesting metaphor for those particular people. Uh, fire helmets won't protect your head. Don't get sent to Jesus filled with lead, little person. I'm like, damn, that's a really powerful like idea though, right? Like, Keep in mind through all the nonsense, you don't really want to meet Jesus and be like, yeah, I led, I got shot doing stuff, you know? And then it goes back to girl talking and it feels like they've already banged. They're cuddling. She's in his nook. A little blunty blunts being passed around and they're just discussing some stuff. And she's like, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to keep it simple. It's just, it's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what my dad tells me. No, not at all. That's what my dad tells me too if I had a dad. I'm like, what a thing to say to kill a vibe, but such a thing I would say. I have a dad. My dad, in case he's watching, I do have a dad. He he sometimes takes it personal if I don't acknowledge him correctly. Uh, that's what, what my dad tells me. No, not at all. And then he goes, my dad, my dad doesn't, cuts her off. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. Like she's back to sucking his dick or something. Right. Um, or I don't know, maybe it's just going on. But it really just felt like some of this was like organic conversation that actually came from girls he was fucking or whatever and having a little like, like this whole song was conceived maybe with a little BBW in the room he was smashing or not or maybe that's just an act but i like to picture it was like that's how it went down because sometimes you can write music with a girl next to you i'm just saying sometimes sometimes and it happened to me once they're willing to actually fillet you while you try to write lyrics i I tried it once i did not get very far it's your priorities you have your priorities well i mean i'm I'm willing to philosophize in the middle of sex but in the middle of the blowjob it was hard to focus enough to actually write lyrics 
I wanted to. Right. I don't know how Freddie like Mercury would do. Dover as you're like writing your lyric on her back Gosh. or whatever. I mean, I think I could do it better now, but. Oh, we got phones now. Well, I mean, I think I just could have the focus to do both of these activities at the same time in a way where a younger me was sitting there going, "He's so cool that this is happening." I wasn't very useful. I've been there, I've done that. Now I could be like, "All right, let's get to business." My whole thing is, I played Halo and I got fellatio. It was great. We're talking about rating bars, though. I know, but I like... want my Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice. I want my Bohemian um, Rhapsody. I I like I like this song. I didn't really kind of catch what the whole overall message was uh but i did like the um you know how he wants to just be idolized and kind of just have like when he's gone and the the martyr line really is the one that just really stuck out with me because like what i i believe that too i want to have i don't i want i want to continue my 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 family's name but in a way that really stands out and not just have kids and kind of keep the name going um, but, yeah, just to interject, I give it a 4.25 because I love the idea of it. I'm not as into the sound of it. I gave it a 4 on 5. Just, it was okay. It was really short. Uh, I think it was uh, more intended of like a nice little break. Uh, I like the stream of, I like the idea of like having this stream of consciousness conversation with somebody there. But uh, I also do think it fits really well after the last song. Like, there's something that he does where it's almost like he kind of does these little callbacks to other songs on mm -hmm. the project to kind of make it all feel linked, like when he brings up the villain line at the beginning of this one. Right. Anyway, uh, do you have anything more to comment here? I feel like I cut you off and the internet's going to no. get mad at me again. No, it's totally fine. We're on prone now. All right, so prone is when you face down, and perhaps you ass up, but you face down, you prone. No, prone is when you're on the floor with a gun. Like, when you're gone prone and you're in Call of Duty. Like, is that what it is? Yes, when you go prone. That's why he makes the reference. Next song is prone, and I'll explain why. No. Likely to liable or suffer from or experiencing something typically regrettable or unwelcome. Lying flat, especially face downward. I was lying prone on a foam mattress, and maybe my ass went up. Oh, shit. We both were right. Peggy felt that uh, he wanted to make a punk song. This is from his words while speaking with Apple Music. He wanted to make a punk song with no instruments. Quote, this is a song that make completely digitally. I feel like people in other genres, specifically rock. I go back to rock a lot because rock spends a lot of time trashing rap. A lot of people in rock had this idea that rappers aren't talented. In my opinion, we're fucking better than them. End quote. I mean, he goes, we're better and we got deeper shits and etc. etc. And I'm like, there's not a lot of rock left. Like, what rock? There's just like eight times as many rappers as there are rock under the age of 30 like guitar companies are in trouble like no wonder rock is upset with rap if uh i don't know there was this song by kanan kanan the guy who wrote the wave and flag song for the yeah, yeah. called uh if rock gets jealous or rap gets jealous because he did a song with kirk hammond from metallica which is cool and i thought it was nifty but it's almost like uh yeah, Rock's getting uh, jealous of uh, rap a little bit. But the interesting phenomenon that's happening with rock music is all those kids that used to make emo bands before they grew up and transitioned into thrash and metal and all the other stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, they're like little peeps and stuff. So they're all making hip hop. And it's really weird. They're not buying guitars because they're learning to make beats and doing emo singing on rap music. And I think it's super nifty how... But I mean, I think... So... 
I can understand how like we think it's nifty, I guess, in terms of like just respecting hip hop. No, it's nifty it because it's freaking changing musical trends and guitar companies are going out of business. But if you're strictly somebody who's like really just into punk or like rock and who wants the authenticness of the of the, of the instruments, I mean, it makes total sense that you'd be hating on things that are beating you. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, it's sad, but because <clears throat> I like punk and whatnot. But then he said there's a punk song, and I'm like, sorta. I think the punkest part of this song to me is the end when he flips it into the super nice shit. That is the punkest part of this song, in my opinion. Otherwise, I felt it was a cool industrial experience. I thought it was really fun to listen to. The sound is really, really nice to me. Um, I like the switch up. I actually give this a 4.5. To me, this is one of the best songs we've listened to. So I guess he, in some way, succeeded in tapping into the punk in me and making me really happy because I love punk music. Nice. I don't like the fact that he's trying to, like, bash punk people, but I love the fact that instead of just trying to be a complete, like, whatever about it, it's like he took it a, a challenge upon himself to capture the spirit and energy of the music that criticizes him and show he can do it better. And that's hip-hop as fuck, and I really like that nice. so anyway um i'll let lyrically this is fine it's just got like a fuck what you uh you heard what fuck fuck you heard what i said lil come on fuck <laughs> you know what it is you know just got like this energy to it right um ha now you want to start big dog hot now you want to bark get the thing let it spark peg lord should have died in the aughts that aughts is like zero or past i couldn't figure out what aughts was um, it's cool how like it's cool how like even if if this is supposed to be like punky and they think it's kind of got that rock element and that heavy sound to it it's cool how even like basic basic rap flows kind of fit like this isn't no tricky he's not doing anything tricky on this on this verse he's being dope right he's being super dope but it's not like like tricky back and forth i don't even think i've really commented a lot but he's changed his flow up multiple times on this he's very clear in the way he raps he's got this energy that makes him actually interesting to listen to as like a from like vocally he's distinct like i feel like i could pick out his voice amongst others in like a cypher you know like he's right. actually got like something to him well one of the many voices he uses like he like he does have well, different... I mean, but like his core voice in a sense you yeah, get yeah. used to how he like is um i really like how he goes bullets through his neck and his backbone filters no stocking one shot turns steve bannon into steve hawking because that that's a pretty freaking like political light in a sense that that dude i think was speaker at a house or whatever mm. uh, and then steve hawking was paralyzed and shit and mm-hmm. then that's referencing the bullet through him so basically in one shot boom he steved you up into a different thing i thought it was pretty freaking hype um it's just got this aggressive energy like he was really mad and he just let off with some lyrics and i really enjoyed that but then once it was done and he let his aggression out it flips into something almost serene and peaceful it's the ocean and the trees and the birds and the bears and oh my god get somebody shell beauty and it's just really nice and it's such a cool juxtaposition that i think it's one of the more standout tracks on this album to me it was cool um it's pretty short, so I I kind of listened to it a couple times just to kind of really try to get into the feel of it. Um, it's not really my sound, to tell you the truth. I'm not really into the whole, like, heavy, rocky type of sounding music, but I am really just, I am really kind of impressed on how, like, he is giving, he's giving very different variations of styles. He's really kind of in tune with uh, using very particular sounds in the beats and really like 
like he's really got a nice ear for music and I like how he's not afraid to kind of twist up with the instrumental like he'll he'll pause it he'll break it he'll do he'll he'll play around with it which really adds more value to the song itself the way he also kind of flips with the lyrics and stuff he's done this throughout many tracks on the album but like it's just it's 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 nice and it's very consistent and it's really just like ah that's cool ah, there that's how he did that and, it, and it's like different variations of it um overall though i don't really have much to say i'll be completely honest i gave it a four on five i thought it was a pretty decent song it's not like it's anything bad I don't know, well I chris life's hard here's a song about sorrel this song does not have a lot going for it but unless i'm mistaken this is a quarter and i know this is an xlr so switch that quarter to an xlr as most mics have the xlr so it's yeah a dick pun i also well i thought it was this song was just pretty i don't know maybe either way um i thought it was fun that i had a wire that i thought could illustrate the prop of that lyric just sitting around like no lie i didn't even know i had that wire until like an hour before we started recording episode one i was goofing around and chris was like can we just start already um i don't sound like that he does to me I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm trying to be funnier on the internet. I'm bad at it. I'm sorry. All right. 100%. Ahem. See? 100% real with y'all. Switched according to an XLR. I ain't even got no time for it, baby. I want you out of myself, even if I got a rhyme for it. It just kind of sounds like he's in a vibe. He's just trying to do his thing. He'll do whatever. It almost sounds like he's a little drunk, because apparently the Sorrel is a Jamaican drink. I don't know that I've had it. Um, even if I got a rhyme for it, it's not important to the world. Drink it when I want to, sip it when I want to. Sorel, surreal, whatever. I feel the heel, drink up. And it honestly just sounds like he put in a little song because he was having a little goofy time drinking a drink and this came out of it. And then, you know what? I don't think it's that much deeper than Life's Hard. Here's this random ass song about a drink because I think the world needs something simple like that sometimes because it plays into the idea of sometimes having a simple thing which he referenced earlier on the album and then uh, I don't know 4.25 it was fun it was nice the term surreal means like not real right but it's not it's s-u-r-r-e-a-l but surreal I know I know like it's like beyond the existence of reality like something is like so ethereally weird it's not real but it's kind of real right so in a way the song is kind of like things get hard, things get difficult, right? So in the in, in the way I kind of saw it was like he's kind of drunk, he wants to make some music, and the extent of what's difficult for him is switching the quarter to the XLR. He ain't got time for he ain't got time to waste, and he wants her all he wants this person all to himself. The I kind of feel like he's expressing that in a way of like these are what. Uh, make me feel and like kind of what have me feel like bad days or whatnot like times get tough these are what i have to deal with and then kind of like slips in with the whole like i'm drinking but because he's drinking everything is kind of like surreal and it's a play on words with sorrel i guess so that's kind of how i interpret it maybe i'm reaching i thought it was i thought it was kind of cool but it's it seems to be very short very simple um I left it with a four on five. The, yeah. No, I left it with a 3.5 on five, actually. I feel like it serves its role as an interlude, but if we want to get back into real music, let's talk about that whole over there tactics, thought tactics. All right, Chris, how do you feel about the thought tactics? 
I thought it was cool. Um, the chorus kind of gives us this sense. I feel like the chorus is projecting off this sense that Peggy wants to be kind of like idolized a little bit. Kind of wants to feel like he's worth something or like people kind of want to talk to him. That's what I kind of got from that. The uh, I want to rock your world. I don't. I didn't get nothing from the intro. Didn't seem to me like it actually set up any context or anything like that. Uh, but he goes, I want to rock your world. I want to be your girl. I want you. You want to take me out? Yeah, yeah. Take me out. They ain't never take me down, bitch. They ain't never take my crown, bitch. Hate never, bitch. Where? And I like. I like how he's kind of going at it from being this idol this i want you to want me i want you to want to take me out but at the same time you also need to respect the fact that i am like i am better i am good uh in reference to like wearing the crown he's kind of like you know i'm on top now again maybe this is also uh maybe the chorus is from a perspective of a woman maybe he's speaking like that and he's kind of saying like this is how uh, you know, maybe some of his female friends have been speaking about their relationships or things that they go through. And this is how they kind of feel in terms of being uh, with these people. So that could be a thing as well. But then we kind of go into the verse where I get a little bit confused because I feel like he's going back to the social media again. Uh, I, I don't think he left it. I think he's kind of like, I feel like this album is super introspective in the sense that a lot of this is like a big therapy session where he's pouring out his state of mind and mm. where he's at with things and whatnot. So if you look at that beginning, people done some shit. Stay calm. Please remain calm. So if we think about right there, he's already addressed the idea of people being haters and beefs throughout this album. Like a lot of these themes kind of carry over, I mm -hmm. find. So he's telling everyone to stay calm. He's all right. He built the room. He rules the room. He's got his shit together. He's locked in. He's tight. He's ready to go. And then I feel like the chorus is a little bit like flossy, you know, I want to be your girl. It's again, a guy being kind of bold, making that claim. And I think he says that kind of stuff almost for the, sh not to say it in a negative way, but the shocking value that he's kind of got the power in the, within himself to be able to make that claim so seriously and right. just sing that out, you know? And then, you know, play, you want to take me out? They ain't never take me down. They ain't never take my crown. Hate? Never, bitch. Where? As in like, you know, people are just kind of ridiculous i kind of mm -hmm. took it like people and you know back to that social media thing mm -hmm. so in the verse i really really just like black up make a motherfucker back out back g's up freeze when i put her down because it's like in a weird way a hoe you would put her down in a sense of g's yeah. up hoes down. i thought it was fucking you know really dope pulling up on the pussy and i'm pulling out so in that regard it's both the people he's taking out the haters and the vaginas he's smashing double entendre and that really dope but then it just flow down a little bit rap people think they're so profound got them looking up like they under who now i ain't underground bitch i'm over who you under now sucker i like that so that he's kind of nice you know words. showing a little bit that this is him fighting back it's like him snapping at the people mm -hmm. who are kind of talking shit i kind of took it i kind of took it as he's also addressing uh in a way the um Switch your pitch when I hit the mound rap. Think they so profound. Got them looking up. Who they under now? I ain't underground. We ju I just that, said that. I like the the under now, underground, under you now because of the fact that I feel like he's addressing how quick people are switching statuses. But then on, on top of that, thought tactics. Your shit don't bump. You was proactive. So in this case, he's taking that like, you know, almost like that like reversing the idea of how shitty these tactics are in mm -hmm. a sense sneak disc sync that is not attractive i'm gonna slump and i'm bouncing back 
And to his credit, he apparently has a song called I Cannot Fucking Wait Until Morrissey Dies about Stephen Morrissey of the rock band uh, The Smiths, who he doesn't like. So he's willing to say names and be direct. And honestly, in this day and age, everybody with their little sneaky sneakies and subtleties, subtleties, it's pathetic. Like, sorry, but if you don't say a dude's name on a could track, that be, could that be a if you don't say like, a dude's name on a track, you weak, in my opinion, when you're doing the diss thing. Because it's just, look, man, when you got like, fuck Jay-Z, that's how Nas starts off, whatever. Um, you know, Biggie, sorry, Tupac would just flat out say Biggie's name, you know, like, I respect that. So when you have a dudes who's going out there making little sneak disses and being whatever, and that's a really big trend now. Like, nobody really wants to be on wax saying what they mean. I don't get that. It's just not cool. Like, honestly, what was it? Back to back? Like, he didn't actually say uh, Meek Mill's name in the diss, and I thought it took a, a little bit away from it, you know? That's just my two cents. Then, you know, the outro comes in, and it just kind of feels like a, a nice flow. Like, I feel like this is him kind of, again, mocking his peers and pointing out how ill-effective they are against him i really enjoyed the overall flow of the song i thought it was good to listen to i give it a 4.35 on five nice i liked it i like the little um, i like these little kind of short songs we're getting like they're all generally really short but these are like a minute to almost two minutes uh, so they're they're kind of jam-packed a little bit uh which i do enjoy the beats are really great um, everything about this was nice. I gave it a 4.2. Alright, so next up on this has a feature. It's called Free the Frail. What I really like about this song is he almost like flips it up and kind of goes into the other side. As much as we've seen maybe his frustration with other people, there's also his feelings that he's also dealing with, you know? You think you know me. You think you fucking knew me. And they both kind of uh, say the intro instead of having the same sample. And it's an interesting thing. Like, you think you know me. And even if you watch somebody on the internet, you listen to their music, you're really just getting an image of who they are. You don't know us. You know what we do on camera. So you think you know me. It's an interesting idea to me. And then I like how it flows on. Don't rely on the strength of my image, baby. If it's good, then it's good. Break it down the shit out of my hands. I feel. But don't rely on the strength of my image. It's almost like you have to consistently reprove yourself. The idea of uh, resting on your laurels is this uh, expression where you've succeeded for so long and you just rely on the fact that it will keep happening. That's what Napoleon did when he got defeated. And if you look throughout history, it's the people who rely on the strength of their image that ultimately fail so it's fascinating that he would take such a wise idea and drop it like that but then how does the verse go i feel annoyed i'm feeling strange i feel the gains i feel a void i'm still a roach i'm doing shows i feel employed even though i'm coy and you know the boy come on i still feel the same i feel afraid this easy a i'm feeling frame I, anyway so basically with all of that it's like he's he's winning and he has like these positive things like i got gains i got money coming in but like i'm also feeling frustrated and and, like things aren't necessarily good like all too good with it you know like it's not perfect something's not right well the way that i kind of took it in a sense is that there's don't rely on the strength of my image i feel like people hey if it's good then it's good break it down I i think he's trying to address that just because I make good albums. Don't expect all my albums or all my songs or don't expect, like, don't always expect me to do the best that I always do. 
kind of like well, a I took it from like the other way I think it's more like I recognize within myself that I can't rely on the fact that just because it worked the last time that it's going to work again and therefore I have to hit it that much stronger I have to come down much see harder that. I see that I think I just kind of look at it uh, I think I kind of take it from the other side as well just because uh, the whole where he's like kind of dealing with the anxiety of like he's feeling anxious and trying to fill the void uh, I'm still a roach I'm down I'm doing shows I feel unemployed even no, though I'm I feel qu- employed that's the opposite of unemployed oh I mean, it's like, look, I feel afraid. It's easy. I'm feeling framed. I wear a mask. I see the Bane's interesting. And again, he uses Bane as a a villain character to bring back, referencing something earlier on the project. But even that, I feel like he's expressing that he's trying to live up to whatever the fans are expecting him to do. And that's kind of giving him that anxiety. Yeah, but like, okay, look at the next part. I'm on the web. I net the gross. All right, so I'm on the internet making money. I see the growth. I'm positively growing. I feel engaged. I'm in the game. Don't need a coach, but I really do. Really don't, huh? I just been in my head. I'm getting fried. I'm on the side. I played with fire. I can't retire. I need a bread stat. It feels like he's winning, but he's not thrilled with how things are going now that he's winning. And it's kind of this back and forth, like he isn't comfortable with the situation. Probably mm-hmm. because, like he said, he sees the villains. He sees the dark side of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, how do you not do it? He wants to get paid. He wants the situation out of it. Right, right. Then that hook comes back in and he realizes don't rely on the strength of my image if it's good then it's good break it down the shit's out of my hands whoa so what he's saying there is look i have only so much control i can't just expect that it's going to be a certain way i'm not going to rely that my image is there i'm going to put out the best that i can and if it's good then it's good and if it's not then it's not but that's even where i kind of also say like that's where i think it's it's kind of like he's addressing we need to stop holding i feel like he's trying to say like we need to stop holding rappers or artists or people who create to a certain standard just because they were able to do one thing i i mean i look at it more like as a person you shouldn't expect that if your first album banged that your second one's gonna bang it's more about your ego and the way i think you like Hmm. present yourself right so i mean you might be right i'm not saying you're wrong i'm saying i took it a lot more like as a person, just because last week's episode was good doesn't mean this week's episode is good. And every episode, we have to try, like, you know, otherwise, you know, you're not going to progress and grow or get to the next level and whatnot. Right. And then I like how in the second verse, he kind of goes a little more into his past. Look, I used to walk around with guns on me. And then his ad lib, stupid aspirin. Like, it's not a good thing. It's just who he was. I used to spin that bass to Michael Prophet. I used to think he wasn't popping until you had a stalker. I'm no alpha male. I'm Carly Ray. You Brad and Walker. And, you know, it's just kind of reflecting a little bit on the maybe the differences between him and others how he used to have a foolish life and he's not really like these other guys and you know he's playing to it y'all be playing to jehovah i be praying to hova you know so y'all be praying to god i'm looking at jay-z i never whipped or sold the yola still out the nova still sold out the nova so i never did that thing but look at that i still made all this money never sold drugs or have to do anything but i was still able to yeah be this yeah so then you know we have the little thing i don't want to die i don't want to whatever there's some clapping it's like this weird experience that you're going on at this point so you get to the end where the helena delan feature is just basically singing on her own and there's almost nothing else oh you think i'm lying fuck out of here dot saying quicksands too thick to stand figure out what it is that you need i'll step out for a minute to breathe you know like it almost feels like her little ending is kind of taking his entire emotional state and breaking it down like look 
I just need to kind of figure things out and understand what's going on because on the set of footsteps in the sand, I'm, but I'm not being carried. So the typical metaphor is that one set of footsteps in the sand is there because God is carrying you and therefore you don't see God's footsteps and you think whatever, but no, he's carrying you. But he's saying, no, I'm not being carried. I'm just on my own and it's frustrating. I thought that was really cool. And uh, I like this one. I give it a 4.5 on 5. Nice. I gave it a uh, 3.6, unfortunately. So uh, you're not feeling this project no more? I didn't, no, I didn't feel this song. I didn't feel this track. Uh, I caught myself being distracted. I caught myself, like, wanting to do, I don't know, it gave me this, like, radio-y uh, feel to it. Like, I, this is something that if it was in the car, I could kind of picture me just going on, like, a road trip and just the radio playing and this comes on. Uh, but I wasn't really, like, too in into this song um i do like you know a lot of the things that you covered we kind of highlighted the same things but overall i just didn't it didn't stick with me so 3.6 all right so next up we can discuss a post verified lifestyle something i would like to achieve one day all right chris how do you think about peggy on this one i like this one i like how he presents the verse um they're pretty cool like just kind of how he goes through it um i like how in the first verse he's kind of got this like energy of wanting to uh just express how he's feeling so fuck i'm feeling like fucking you up i still got that sign and i still got that sick in the truck uh i'm treating this bitch like a cuck burt mac loading it up like it feels like he's he's angry again and he's kind of going at it uh trying to get some of that anger off his chest uh, which is good though like the way he's the way he's going down this 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 uh, this verse is so like high energetic was cool to me uh, hit your neck and your back in your blunt circle that was cool I like how it's kind of like a double it's like a double entendre blunt circle rotation smoking weed but at the same time like his circle of just homies and it's kind of like like acting blunt maybe acting rowdy or just kind of like really just you can catch them anywhere um so that was cool around you send you to the sun going up to the heavens going up into no longer being around uh i don't hide from you bums i survive through the slums i like how he's kind of breaking it down where he's coming from giving you that like re re reconfirming that he's not somebody you really want to test because he, cause he's been or he's been through some of the dark times. Um, but I also kind of felt like this was just a little bit of like flexing a little bit more in terms of just like, I'm, I'm kind of the best, so don't really fuck around. Uh, and then um, we go into part two, because there's apparently two parts to this. And the, apparently. In the intro to part two, we've got this kind of setup of uh, keeping it going and, and keeping this vibe. So like, let's get it, boy, let's get it. You know what? Um, kind of like, just we'll keep it going. Like he just came off the first verse. I feel like part two is continuing that energy that we got from the first verse. And it's like, we're, we're going to get the money. We're going to vibe to it. We're going, we're going, to, we're going to catch that. Okay. Um, and then... I like how it kind of goes on and gives you this um, play on words of when there's like this girl who goes, we playing with pencils for fun. And then he switches it up when he starts the verse and he goes, we playing with pistols for fun, pistols for fun. And I feel like he kind of brings down how he's 
where he comes from in terms of being in this like violent atmosphere. Mom told him not to rely on guns if he needed to ever take out enemies or whatnot. He could always do it in a different way, maybe music, maybe lyrically, rap battles, stuff like that. Um, but then uh, I like how he kind of addresses uh, that when he dies, when I die, I want all my enemies to take a sigh and say R.I.P. And everybody that I don't fuck with all of a sudden started fucking with me. The, the idea that you kind of become famous a lot more after you pass away as an artist kind of came to my head where right now he's there he's trying to he's doing the the grind and he's coming up and he's trying to get everybody you know he's trying to get to that peak of his life uh but maybe not a lot of people are really fucking with him maybe not a lot of people really uh know what he's doing but the moment he passes suddenly everybody is interested suddenly there's an actual like um you know type of fame type of glorification there and what he does because he's no longer around um it's it's a weird concept i i know it's it's a really not weird concept it's a really like normal happens all the time concept i still think it's weird i mean like if somebody's alive you should be like you if you don't fuck with them while they're alive how are you gonna fuck with them when they're dead because maybe there was no reason for you to google who they were until they died because they weren't significant guess so like no offense to anybody that feels that way um it totally makes sense that after you're dead people are going to get more curious about you because you're gone i mean i don't really this song just has again this whole like stream of consciousness kind of flow to it right like in the first part of it he's got a more aggressive tone to it like he's fucking angry and he's like coming back at the situation and he's he wants to like lash out at people and then you get this little bridge where it's almost pensive and it's not just about going to get money or whatever the hell you were talking about i mean literally you know what you get on the spot you're supposed to be talking about something but you don't know what to talk about like this very moment that's right what's going on right now huh so it's literally a little a little bit there about blanking out and not really knowing what to say so it goes from this angry flash up point to i guess in the moment something happens and then it ends up playing with pencils for fun and it almost feels like he flips into how pencils pistols so his pencil is the pistol and his mom's saying don't rely on no guns so he's pointing out nah lyrically i'm coming at all y'all is what i took it labels say i'm fatal to fun because his music's fucking weird and it's not like gonna pop in a way where like they're gonna make money back when i die i want my enemies to take a side say rip i so he's so good that he wants them to take that side of relief because they have nothing to worry about no more he's gone nothing else can fuck with them i guess i don't know it's, it's a cool line in the sense that it even has a sense of empathy for the people he's with, you know? And then you're uh, the line where people are basically all of a sudden excited. And I think it's just taking common anxieties of what happens after you get famous because it's a post-verified lifestyle. I think mm -hmm. the last couple of songs like, have been kind of looking a little bit about his fame. Like what it's like to basically go viral and become a sensation and then how you're going to cope with that and a lot of that is the instability um incredible took an edible thought my keyboard muttered to me oh you think you up and coming g not nah, up and comers really think they me 
So in a sense, it's like he got fucked up. And if you look at what he's saying there, he realizes he's actually achieved a point to a, to the point where people are copying him. Like, bitch, I'm Beanie Single mixed with Beatles with a dash of doom and 98 degrees. What an eclectic mix of artists there. Pop music to lyricism to, you know, iconic, whatever. So then it just kind of shows, like, it's the young black Ali G. Falling out before I catch a feet. Hit the Mueller. Let me down with ease, baby. And you get the sense that he's trying to stand out, make his mark, sit there, go down in history again and do his thing. And then, you know, look at that refrain. How you want to turn me on? I can never be alarmed. It's all your parameters have been set and shit. You know, and then just the outro. Damn, Peggy. Like, that was hard. And it almost feels like he's not necessarily gloating to himself, but like really just painting out a lot of how he sees the world now and in his position in it and you know post verify because these couldn't handle couldn't handle me because these really think a handle could handle me you know like he, he's beyond i guess where everyone else is trying to change he's chasing a lifestyle that's next level compared to everybody else i also kind of took it um really think a handle could handle me in terms of like twitter handles yes as in everyone's trying to get verified on twitter he's post that he's like beyond that shit so i thought it was like an interesting concept and it like flowed through and it really elaborated almost on the same kind of themes we've been feeling but overall i don't think it brought a lot new to the table and this was another 4.35 for me gave this song a 4.2 the energy through it though is what did carry me um, you need to speak louder. I gave it a 4.2. I did enjoy the energy he gave through the track. I did like uh, how... What I do find myself really enjoying from a lot of this is how he... Uh, and I, th- I probably said this before, but really plays with the beats and plays with the music and brings it together. Um, so I gave it a 4.2 on 5. Anyway, the next song is called Basic Bitch Tear Gas. This is a weird-ass cover of fucking Scrubs by TLC, which... I, I can tell you really makes sense once you look at the title and then you hear what it is because it's kind of a it's a good way to describe TLC's no scrubs as is basic bitch tear gas it's funny um, I just he doesn't even like really fuck up the lyrics scrub is a guy who thinks he's flying he's also known as a buster always talking about what he wants and just sits on his broke ass you know I don't I don't know how to like comment on it he just took TLC's lyrics and he redid the song in a way that really fits the project. It fits the effeminate theme that he's been dropping consistently. Where again, my, my thoughts on that are basically alpha males are all blah, blah, blah. I gotta be a guy, blah, blah, blah. So he's owning the fact that he's a real person. He's got some real tenacity to him. So he's doing all this effeminate crap, honestly, so that he baits you into thinking he's weak, which I think is clever. And this is a great way to put it on. Um, it's just kind of funny to listen to him sing no scrubs because he's like i don't want no scrub scrub is a guy that can't i mean who doesn't like that song it was an unexpected cover i like it a lot because he does it all to make it very jpeg mafia and it's pretty cool it's a 4.5 on 5 to me don't really know what the connection of it all was um i think that it was presented well and he you know did well with doing a remix no, of it. No, but think about it. Aren't all these other whack-ass rappers really just scrubs? Broke-ass motherfuckers who are trying to get his attention and fame, and he's tired of that shit, as he's explained for half this album? Well... Actually, it's cleverer than I thought, because until you said that, I didn't even think of that. I guess that makes sense. The way I kind of looked at it was more of him just being like... 
and I don't know how I got this, but more like, yo, giving, giving dudes kind of like the blunt message of this is what girls don't like. If you're trying to pick up a check, don't be these. But I think he's like, again, comparing his peers to Scrubs, right? right. Because everybody knows this song. But in the context of this album, he's really described these internet assholes as Scrubs. But I mean, so maybe this is just me, but I feel like the reason why I guess I kind of went down that path was just because like when I hear TLC sing the song, as much as I completely respect them and understand what they're doing, I still kind of feel like it, it, it sounds a certain way. Like it just comes off a certain way. How? I don't know. I ain't good enough. If you honestly feel that way, you're not good enough. I mean, sure, and that could be. That's like you're you're wearing the shoes of a song about a loser, right? So then we're talking about the guys who comment and thirst on pictures, the guys who hit up girls in the DMs and go, "You're so beautiful. I'm a nice guy. Why aren't you dating me?" Talking about broke ass motherfuckers going out like not willing to do the basic part. A scrub is a guy who thinks he's fly, not is fly. He's also known as a buster. Yeah, there's guys exist. We all know them. Always talking about what he wants. Boring. And he just sits on his own broke ass. Yeah, he doesn't have any ambition. He doesn't fucking try. Fuck that guy. So no, I don't want your number. And no, I don't want to give you mine. Yeah, it is a certain way because a certain type of guy deserves that shit. Scrub checking me in his game is kind of weak. So the guy's approaching her but doesn't have good game. Well, if somebody approaches you and doesn't have good game, does that make you a certain kind of way because you're not interested? Yeah. No. That's my point. You just admitted you was scrub on camera, though. Ah. Anyway, you even deny it just now. Ah. See, this is why I'm an asshole on the internet and they don't like me. That's okay. See, I know I'm a fucking buster of some kind or another. I'm totally fine with that because I'm a real motherfucker in that regard. I don't know where I'm going with any of this anymore. Give the song of four. Dot's freestyle remix comes next, and once upon a time I was a scrub, but not anymore. Now let's do a freestyle remix. Picker, picker, picker. So Chris would like to make it clear that I was again being a dick, which I could admit, and I assume that Chris was dissing TLC, and he wasn't dissing TLC, therefore Chris is not a scrub, and he wants everybody to know that. And I apologize for living up to the comment that said I have to be more polite to Chris. And I recognize that I'm not always polite to Chris. Sorry, everybody. I'm saying that sincerely. I know I sound like a dick. It's tired and I work a lot. That's not an excuse. It's just what happens. So, Chris, I understand you're not a scrub. And I want your number. I want to give you mine. Anyway, see? I, I can admit it. It's either that or delete all that shit out, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Chris is like, "Why are you doing this? Just end this podcast. Just <laughs> fucking home." <laughs> no, there's still three more songs here. Three more beautiful songs. Dots freestyle remix. How did you feel about this one? I liked it. I thought it had like a really, really cool, fresh energy to it. Mm-hmm. Like, here's the thing about this album. I didn't really get bored or anything. I think like this album, in a sense, comes off like one really big song to me. That kind of goes through this experience mm-hmm. that drills home certain themes. Like, I stuff a Glock in my bitch pocket. Bitch, stop it. Skinny, Pug Poppy. Which is funny because he has a track called Big Populator. I put the pedal to the metal. We go Nicki Minaj. One deep, baby, can't stop it. 
And then I like the fact that, again, he calls it to Nicki Minaj as he's basically only really compared himself to women throughout the whole album, mm -hmm. which we've already established my feelings on. He's just showing how alpha he is by being so beta. And I really enjoy that because it's true. Like, Nicki Minaj is beast. I'd love to fucking compare myself to her. She's awesome as a character. She's so entertaining. She's so successful. And who cares if she's a woman? She's somebody to look up to and learn from. That's how I look at that. Um, I don't know. I keep a shoddy bottom bitch is not harming me. How could I not be? Everything you copy, huh? I kill rock. Now I'm sending bullets at you zombies. Apparently, this is just a freestyle he did. And Which then, I, I like. And I usually and has like, like a... The, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, I usually like the freestyles uh, because they, they don't come off as... They're, they're, they're just different. Like, you can tell that he's... I feel like he's having a lot more fun on this one, just in terms of just the flowing, the way that he's he's presenting the lines. So I, I like the freestyler songs. Um, everything, even what he's saying, doesn't even sound like it, it's it's presented as any of the other tracks he's had before. Like, even listening to the, to the track, you get it. Like, it kind of really just comes off like... I feel like it absolutely fits the rest of this album. I'm not saying it doesn't fit. I'm saying it's not like constructed verse this it, it really kind of gives oh. off this idea of like it, off the dome i suppose from a flow perspective in the way the verse feels i'll admit that that does feel a little more freestyle-esque than the rest of it but from a song composition point of view there is no norm every song feels like it could be random like that like sometimes there's mm -hmm. an interlude sometimes there's two seconds of pause new verse right so in that regard i'm not sure i fully agree with how you broke that down but yeah, I feel like the way he spits the verse is very clearly a freestyle, and it gives a freshness in the energy of it. Lyrically, it fits the album. However, I really like he goes these step into me end up Gianni Versace, which is uh, which is a cool line because I believe he got assassinated, like shot point blank range in front of his house. Then as well, interlude, you know, say say to a feature for what, bro? I've been dying to kick it. I'm too big for my britches. I'm too rich for these bitches, you know. Rich in spirit, not in wealth. Don't get it confused. You feel me? Again, do a feature for what? And that's an interesting point because it starts off like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it for whatever. It's easy, easy peasy. I'm, I'm cocky, whatever. And then you realize, yo, I'm rich in spirit, not wealth. And then he goes, do a feature for what? Like, I'm not doing this for free. You mm -hmm. best be willing to pay me because, mm -hmm. yo, I kind of need some money here. That's the actual situation. If you want to be on a project i kind of took it as like why should he feature with anybody or why should he do, i took it like for free right because mm -hmm. specifically the wealth part you know then do a feature for what like for for exposure for for granted because of what now nah, like you have to pay if you want the privilege of that right. feature like what the fuck for like why am i actually going to put that time and effort right and then uh, Buzzy Lee comes in, and you know what? I'm uh, afraid of everything written like a ghost up behind the wind. You know, I'm a fool with the thing written like a ghost in the wind. It's totally fine. It just kind of sounded nice. I didn't really get a whole lot out of it. But I feel like it complements the overall angst that a little bit JPEG Mafia has presented in terms of managing the success that he's facing. And then Abdu Ali ends us, and it's fine. I don't have a lot more to say. We're talking about the story. I'm about to fucking cry. And the song kind of ends, and it's very short. I thought it was very sweet. It was all right. I'll give it a 4.35. I think my favorite part is the beat. I like, um, so I kind of like how uh, Buzzy Lee kind of gives off the uh, inside of, like, the inside feelings of the of the song. Uh, the verse itself, verse one from J JPEG, kind of really feels a lot like macho-y, flexy, kind of bossy. 
you know, not really fucking around. Like, like what a freestyle would actually sound like if it's coming off the dome. You want to sound like the best rapper, the best this, the best that. And then, yeah, we had the interlude about kind of just acknowledging, like, why should I do a, why should I do a feature? I'm worth this. I'm worth that. But then when we get to Buzzy Lee, it has what, this. Well, just to be clear, though, I'm worth this. I'm worth that. Is, is I'm not worth a lot, so you must pay me. Not in the other direction of I'm really hot shit. So right, you know, because it it's it's funny because it starts off like he's hot shit until you get to the end when you realize. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go on. Um, no, but I was just gonna say I feel like Buzzy Lee kind of gives off the realness behind the facade, right? In a sense, so like as jpeg is out here you know freestyling and acting all macho man or whatnot in reality he's really actually feeling afraid of everything kind of feeling like he's behind the wind as it goes like he doesn't really exist he doesn't really feel and that's what i think this is supposed to do i think that's what buzzy is doing in in terms of the presentation there um the outro from uh, abdu ali was nice i don't think i I guess it's supposed to connect to the next track if we that's kind of what we've understood through well I just kind of I don't know at this point I just feel like it's honestly sometimes the songs would switch and the only reason I know is because I was staring at Spotify not because there's an easy to identify Mm -hmm. song cut thing fair enough Uh, but overall I did like this song I thought it was I thought it was good I thought it had kind of brought back some of that energy so I gave it a 4.2 all right, next up, we have Buttermilk Jesus type beat. So apparently, Buttermilk Jesus is another name that he has given himself, Mr. Peggy has given himself. And we already discussed our feelings on the type beat situation on the JPEG Mafia type beat. You know, it's kind of playing up on that notion, bringing it back again at the end of the album. And uh, <clears throat> this one is him mostly flexing from an instrumental point of view because it really is a nice kind of complicated really interesting sounding beat and there's not a whole lot of lyrics right it's just we gonna get real nasty in this motherfucker tonight damn buttermilk jesus instead of peggy you know it just kind of sounds really cool and then it flows out and then buttermilk jesus and it just kind of ends and it's uh piano-y it's nice and i kind of like it because it's like a little breath of fresh air before we get to the last song on it. And I and I think the way that this album flows with all the different cuts and stuff, like I said, being like almost like a singular experience, it's nice. So 4.25. Gave it a 4 on 5. I thought it was good. I did, it, it does what it's supposed to do better than the last one. This was actually a beat. There was a different type of transition throughout the song. Um, I got I heard different sounds. It was, it was nice to listen to. 4 on 5. All right, so the last one is called Poppy, I Missed You. So this song kind of has like the part with all the vocals in it and then the weird interlude beat outro-y bit. But how did you feel about this track? I thought it was dope. Um, I'm pretty sure I missed the message of what the song was saying, but I did like some things that he was, ta- that he was going on about. Um, so when he goes in the first verse, when he starts off and he goes, I heard white folks like beer. Don't know what he's trying to say that rich young swan. I see her still not following, but fuck him. He's not top tier and he never, ever spit a fucking rhyme that made me care. I feel like he's kind of addressing coming from the perspective of people who just keep hating on him. And he's kind of like feeling that people are not really paying attention to what he's doing. Um, maybe it's white folk. Maybe that's 
part of the first line, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Um, but then I like how he kind of comes around and I feel like he goes, uh, big strap looking like a dildo, looking like a creep when I kick, when I kick door. Cause he got a big dildo gun. <laughs> Young black male with a fofo. Huh, I'm a terrorist. I don't spit raps, bitch. I spit rhetoric. Uh, I like how he's kind of just taking that back and going like, I don't care if you guys don't pay attention to me. I am going to make waves. I am going to. But then when he follows up the terrorist rhetoric line, and I be in your kid's mind getting leverage, I hate old white. I'm prejudiced. But yep. I'm going to take you money like a reverend. Better than me. Rather than you, I'm going to bury it. So I feel like this is him just like going balls to the walls. Like he spent the entire um, album kind of culminating a lot of different emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think this is kind of putting it all into one formal like attack right Mm -hmm. so there is a degree of you know not liking white rich people that he's seen who Mm -hmm. have held them back especially in the executives but like i love the hook like bold bitches shady records gold cracker pay me there's a degree of i'm gonna make my money i'm here and i know the game Mm -hmm. again like i believe he's specifically talking about the rich white folk who run the music industry who basically crack the whips and get what they want out of him pay me around here is people think shit gravy black m's been got since the mid 80s since a little baby left wing hades so people have been making those millions since that long you know now it's like you know he's coming in for it he heard why folks like beer you know and he flows in from there and as we put it out but i do think that there is a degree of yeah the people who run the show these old rich guys don't get the culture so i'm coming in i'm storming through and i'm gonna do something interesting whether you like it or not i'm gonna I'm trying to lead these people to freedom. Mm-hmm. Peggy Harriet, again, preparing Harriet, herself to Harriet, you know, like another strong female person. Take target practices on an Aryan, redneck tears, woo, what a beverage. And again, dead cops on my sons, that's hilarious. So he's kind of frustratingly taking out at the different villains who have felt made him feel persecuted. He's basically making rage music for his people. Are you mad because you well, see- it's also calling out to samples too. Like the dead cops thing is literally he used a sample from a band called the Dead oh. Cops. It's it's part of the genius annotation. But Fair enough. it's cool that it's cool that he's making these references like and he's always connecting the album. That's something that I did enjoy was that it's you you're 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 getting the literal lines and then when you think about it you're going back to a different track that he's connecting to it and then you're getting a different yeah. reference. Like that's super dope. And then, you know, um, you get that second verse where it goes a little quicker with the energy. And I like how he's like, I'm going to show you what this hype about. I know, uh, but figure it out. Uh, bullying for Columbine. I heard he wanted a nicotine. Sig up on his chin. I make a move like Pistol Pete. Flash the burner in his face and make him pray to me. And it almost feels like on the other hand, he's going back to the fact that, you know, white kids shoot up in such a way. And he, he makes them feel a certain way. And I thought it was strong. It was politically charged. And... It really had a lot to, to like say about how he feels, you know? Mm-hmm. I uh, I really liked it. I don't have a lot more commentary on that. The musical outro lets you kind of ride this aggressive wave for a quick second, but also lets you really just kind of absorb it in a sense and really, I don't know, let it resonate. And I, I thought it was really interesting. Like, I really thought this was an interesting song. Um, it's a good way to end out the album. And yeah, I give it another 4.5 on 5. I thought it was uh, I thought it was interesting as well in the sense of like packing it together, um, but I think th- just overall it was a nice way to kind of have another type of stream of consciousness and not just talking about one specific thing and kind of going through different 
uh, topics as well to make sure that, in a sense, kind of just like a full circle in a way. So that was nice to me. Uh, I was okay with the long outro. Uh, I'll be honest, I cut it short after like like the second time I heard it. I just kind of cut it short. I didn't really let it play all the way through. But I think it does leave this nice little ability to give the listeners, you know, that time to kind of think about what was said, really kind of reflect on the album while still being in that vibe, still being in that mode. Like you're not fully done and you kind of change your change your aspect to something else. You know, you're you're just listening to whatever's fading out. And I think that's a cool effect. I think that's something that's really nice. Uh, for me, I gave the song a four on five, though. All right, so that brings us to the end of the project. Um, for this album, I gave the thing a 4.3805. I think it's a very strong project. I think it's an experience. Something that I highly, I don't know, like we, we brought up a little bit on the last part. I feel like this is the kind of album where it's best enjoyed if you go through the whole thing as an album and run through those 46 minutes and it's like let it flow because everything is just sequenced so nicely together a lot of the songs even have it where like the beginning of the song really only appears on like the last track so in a sense it's like you can't even get the full experience of the situation without hearing like the whole album in a row um so with that in mind, I think it's an amazing experience. And I'm actually understand where Anthony Fantano feels where J JPEG Mafia is an interesting artist where throughout the thing, it's composed in a way where he does all of the mixing and mastering and, and composition of the beats and the vocals and just different cuts and the, the little pieces before and after songs. Everything just flows so intimately well that it almost feels like you're inside of his mind. And I think that is amazing. I also love the constant female references to kind of man up in that way where like he's just happy to bring it up like that. It's it's refreshing. It's not something you would normally see, I would say. Overall, I like this project and I'd highly recommend it to people. As a first run through of JPEG Mafia, this was very impressive. Um, kind of left me with a little bit of a, an acquired taste a little bit uh, that... Mm, I'm interested now. I, I want to go back and see what you can... I want to go back and see your other projects. I want to see uh, what brought you to this project, where you where you kind of... where you were influenced from in terms of your, 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 your other work. So uh, it was a good way. I, I guess this was a really good... If you've never heard of JPEG Mafia, this is one of the good albums that you sh I would suggest listening to, just off Actually, of my experience as well. because we haven't listened to other albums, and it's a cool intro album for us, what about you as like the fans? Do you actually think this is a good intro album, or which would you recommend as like the starting point? Absolutely. Uh, overall, the album got a 4.17 um, on 5. It was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I am going to go back to it and listen to it a couple more times because there's certain uh, things that I feel that I can take away. And I don't mean like lyrically, just, just as much lyrically, but as well just creatively, artistically, just the way he performs the verses the way he he takes the pauses and the things like there's really just different techniques that you can really learn and really appreciate as as an artist so i do appreciate i do like that on that note i completely agree with you i do think he approaches this a lot more artistically with an intent on creating something lasting than a lot of other commercial acts will do 
Anyway, thank you all for watching. We appreciate you being here. It really does mean the world to us that you would watch these podcasts. Apologize for all the times I was aggressive and unpolite to Chris. I'm working on it. I'm learning how to be a more polite person. I'm terrible at it, but we learn. Go watch my 2017 videos. You'll see the growth. I promise. Um, but we really do appreciate your comments because a lot of our growth comes from, you know, watching your comments and, and having to accept realities. But you guys can teach us a lot. So the next time we talk about Peggy here, if you guys leave some informative ass comments, we're going to be all that much smarter. Um, so, yeah, if you do like this channel, you can feel free to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button if you did the video. Special thanks to the patrons. It's Milka Dempsey, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black, Hurricane, Lindo, Williams, Coney, Sparks, and I hope I got everybody. Uh, yeah, they helped us get a new camera. That's really awesome of them. They get to tell us what albums they want to see us review, so you'll see those reviews cycle through. And we're going to get our website up soon. And honestly, the Patreon people have really helped. So if you want to help thank and you, thank you, thank let you. us get to the next level, that's a great way for you to do so. Otherwise, um, we also make music. So you can check that out in the description of the video. And you guys are awesome for watching. I think we said that already. And uh, let us know what you thought. Have yourselves a great day and all of that good stuff. Peace.